are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White and joining me today, as always, is Carmen Perry. Carmen, what's going on? You know, Jeff, uh, not too much. We're, um, I think we're we're well into the throes of summer here on the East Coast. So you know, everybody's just in good moods, yeah, and I things know. like that. So it's kind of nice, and uh, it's good to be, um, it's good to be chatting um, with today's guest. We're, we're, um, we're uh, the media partner for uh, the uh, uh, the folks at Maypie and their upcoming manufactured summit in uh, in Chicago in September. And um, one of the platinum spark sponsors uh, of, of that uh, uh, summit are the folks at Deloitte. And um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm really excited for this conversation today because I think that uh, uh, it's really going to help um, for our marketing audience really put their digital transformation efforts into some sort of broader context of the digital yeah. transformation that's happening more broadly in the manufacturing enterprise. For sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. And uh, we're pleased to have Paul Welliner, who's the vice chairman of U.S. Industrial Products and Construction with Deloitte Consulting. And as you mentioned, a platinum sponsor of the Manufacturing Summit um, being held in Chicago September 16th to 18th. Welcome to the program, Paul. Well, really glad to be here today, and uh, also experiencing nice uh, nice weather and a nice summer here on the here on the East Coast. Paul, uh, good to be um, good to be chatting with you. I, I wonder um, why don't we just get right underway? Because I, I know that um, uh, the the study that you'll be releasing um, at the summit is really talking about the adoption levels of, of smart factory technology and and certainly the digital transformation of the manufacturing enterprise has been a focus of Deloitte. I, I wonder if you might just um, kind of unpack that uh, significant disruption for us and, and tell us about some of the more important market trends that you're seeing. Well, glad to. Uh, you know, the study's been a, a several-month collaborative effort between Deloitte and uh, Maypie. We kicked things off back in the spring, you know, as we kind of structured the study, and then we we went out for uh, for research, both, you know, direct through survey mechanisms as well as uh, interviews with many members of Maypie's uh, councils, as well as other Deloitte clients, and really kind of pulled together the you know the entirety of the study. Uh, and I think, as you know, you've alluded to, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, you know a couple different things in that study, and we were trying to understand how rapidly people are you know, kind of adopting as manufacturers adopting digital or, you know, smart manufacturing or industry 4.0, depending on how, you know, what terminology you might use in your organization, how they are adopting those technologies. And if they are adopting those technologies, are they making a meaningful difference from a business standpoint? Uh, So, you know, part of it was, you know, definitional so we could, you know, help our survey participants as well as the, you know, the interviewees kind of understand how we define things and how we define levels of adoption. Uh, but it was also kind of really exciting to see the kinds of things that, you know, organizations are doing out there in the kind of the North American manufacturing industry. Um, we've seen kind of a wide range of technologies being adopted, uh, you know, ranging from, you know, relatively standard type things these days that might be classified as, you know, Internet of Things or very connected 
you know, manufacturing devices inside of factories to, you know, more advanced techniques that might end up, you know, utilizing augmented reality or virtual reality type capabilities, you know, in, in organizations or utilizing, uh, you know, various technologies connected to additive manufacturing or 3D printing that people are beginning to use at scale. So, we, you know, we've seen kind of a wide range of things. Um, if, if you think about it, though, uh, in terms of adoption, we kind of have three buckets of, uh, and frankly, this applies to lots of uh, parts of life, but, you know, we have, you know, the early adopters, you know, we have a big chunk of folks in the middle who are, you're kind of leaning toward uh, kind of following what those early adopters are doing, but taking a teeny little bit of a wait and see approach. And then we have, you know, kind of a chunk of folks that are the, you know, the laggards or who are, you know, you know, jokingly from Missouri and they need you to show me, you know, the benefits before they even put their toe in the water. Yeah, it, um, it that 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 certainly mirrors what we see even just on the pure marketing and sales side. I yeah, mean, there's a there's a few early adopters sticking their neck out, but there's certainly more than enough on the other side of that equation as well. I wonder you mentioned it, the kind of the 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 breadth of the trends that you're seeing. So how does that kind of wrap into how you define Industry 4.0? I mean, um, what's the fulsome definition that you put to that these days? Well, I mean, the, the, the challenge is there isn't necessarily a, uh, you know, one definition that's been adopted by, uh, you know, organizations kind of in the field, but it, it does kind of run the gamut from, you know, the shop floor to, um, you know, having very connected customers on the sales and marketing side and anything kind of in between ends up being kind of what would be described as, you know, industry 4.0. Think of it. How do you make the supply chain more connected? How do you make your customers more connected? How do you make the factory more connected? How do you enable, you know, uh, white collar processes inside of organizations to make your employees more connected? So it's 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 a very broad definitional uh, kind of landscape if you think about it from a uh, from a industry 4.0 standpoint. And you mentioned that there's kind of uh, manufacturers span span the gamut, if you will, from from uh, being uh, slow to innovate to eager to do so. I, I'd be curious, kind of, um, even if you're seeing certain areas of, of the enterprise that are more uh, keen to be uh, innovative versus others that are where they're where they're a little bit slow to adopt, or kind of what does that look like? Well, it also runs the gamut. I mean, we are seeing, uh, you know, I think an uptake in what would be called robotic process automation inside of the, you know, kind of the white collar parts of, you know, manufacturing or uh, organizations. So how do they automate processes that might uh, help them free up labor inside of the, you know, kind of a, an accounts payable or an HR or a finance or other kinds of processes that, you know, will help free up labor to do other things inside the organization. Um, you know, we also see, you know, automation being applied in the factory uh, and connectedness being applied in the factory with various different technologies to help improve quality, to help reduce lead times, to help, uh, uh, you know, reduce setup times inside of, you know, manufacturing. So, you know, we're seeing it kind of in both you know, traditional kind of quote unquote white collar environments as well as blue collar environments. Part of it driven by, you know, the skills gap that you know, we, we've we kind of uh, 
talked about in some previous studies that we did associated with other organizations uh, here in the U.S., but we basically described a you know kind of a 2.4, 2.5 million job skills gap that would be in place over the next decade because of retirements, but also you know, kind of growth that's taking place in manufacturing and how do we then close those gaps. So we're seeing manufacturers investing in technologies that help free up resources to you know, get redeployed in their organizations or retrained or reskilled to be able to help continue growth in their manufacturing organizations. Are you seeing that as the real key rationale that's driving that 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 move to digital transformation more so than even market competitiveness per se? You know, it's a good question. Uh, we are definitely seeing skills gap as a driver. Uh, I think we are seeing, you know, because in our consumer lives, we're seeing so much uh, adoption of technology, you know, on our mobile devices, linked to things that we do in the cloud, links linked to things that we do in our own, you know, kind of consumer world. We're seeing so much of that brought into, you know, kind of the manufacturing world. It's almost, you know, employees and customers inside of, you know, manufacturing organizations or connected to manufacturing organizations expect that. So, you know, we're seeing, you know, a skills gap component of it. I think we're seeing some market oriented component of it because of all the things that are going on in the consumer world. And then I think we are absolutely seeing a competitiveness component of it too, you know, that helps provide, you know, more connected, better products to customers in a more timely fashion. I I can imagine that in, in your work, um, uh, for for every organization that you uh, see or work with that is at least somewhat down this path, um, there are others that just maybe haven't gotten started at all. So I'm I'm just curious, um, how does an organization begin if they're just getting started? You know, another great question. I think if you think about starting any major you know change initiative, whether it is something that is you know. Uh, you know, connected to smart manufacturing or industry 4.0, or it might be, you know, implementing other technology in your organization. Generally, we're seeing people starting small, starting with a pilot. Uh, that pilot is in the context of you know, kind of the four walls of manufacturing. That quite often is a brownfield uh, or, a you know, a, a, an existing plant where you're going to come in and you're going to um, – revamp parts of the manufacturing process, uh, the ones that might have the most um, uh, short-term benefit connected to a, a to a, a, you know, kind of a digital transformation or a smart manufacturing implementation. I was, I was recently through a, 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 a plant uh, in outside of Cincinnati in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was a company's, you know, kind of brownfield, uh, you know, pilot organization that they were demonstrating to a lot of their customers. And while they may have had, you know, some large percentage of that, you know, that business, they were, they applied sensors, they made it much more visual, they applied, uh, you know, a lot of different connected technologies, they hadn't done it in the whole facility. So they, they definitely piloted it. Uh, you know, we're seeing the same kind of things in the the white collar environment with, you know, whether it's robotic process automation or energy management or other kinds of technologies, we're seeing organizations start with a pilot, demonstrate some applicability to their organization, gain some buy-in from, uh, from leadership, you know, build business cases, and then kind of begin to roll things out. So 
we're absolutely seeing that as as the approach. You know, start small, you know, scale it as quickly as possible, fail quickly if it's not working in your organization, and then kind of move on to the next, you know, the next element. Um, I think some of the organizations that are struggling with getting started the most might be the organizations that have uh, frankly been the leanest over the years uh, and they may have implemented their own kind of production system that may not have had uh, a lot of technology and it might have been much more visual in control with Kanban cards and other kinds of things. And we're seeing those organizations try to figure out how does you know, kind of some of the new, you know, connected technology play in the, how do you sensorize those kinds of, uh, you know, assembly operations that might have been very much, you know, driven by lean techniques. The Cooler Ring is proud to be a media sponsor of the 2019 Manufacturer at Summit Conference, which is being held September 16th to 18th in Chicago, Illinois. Carbon and I will be live on site recording interviews for future episodes of The Cooler Ring. You can save $200 now with the discount code COOLERPARTNERS200 at ManufactureEdSummit.com. That's ManufactureEdSummit.com. I can't help but wonder if that, I mean, it, what you've described is in some ways a reasonably cautious approach. And um, I, I just can't help but wonder in a global context if there's. Um, you know, if, if, if that cautious approach can keep pace um, with with uh, the change that's afoot. And, and we know that, of course, when you have more uh, greenfield factories being uh, started from scratch in Asia, for an example, that that can have, a, you know, can, can basically be a smart factory from the start versus yeah. an evolution of an existing. Um, I just, I, I kind of wonder if... Um, if manufacturers maybe need to be encouraged to be more bold in that uh, transformation. You know, good point. I mean, I think we're seeing, you know, greenfield operations, uh, you know, kind of in the, you know, the North American market as well. I mean, not all of the, you know, the clients that we surveyed were only doing, uh, or the customers that of Maypies that we surveyed were only doing, you know, kind of brownfield um, operations. A lot of them had greenfield and they were comparing greenfield and brownfield inside their own companies. And, seeing if they were getting, uh, you know, the benefits that you could see in a greenfield operation. How could could you get a brownfield operation there at a lower cost? You know, so, I, I mean, I see that taking place. I know we did a study uh, in Germany uh, with one of our smart manufacturing centers uh, and a lot of their customers. And I think that that cautiousness, you know, in Western Europe, I think, uh, is probably similar to what we've uh, what we've seen in kind of in the North American market. Um, I think, as you kind of mentioned, the, you know, maybe, maybe right, wrong or indifferent, but the, the hypothesis that the, you know, kind of Asian markets have more, you know, greenfield operations, um, that I don't know whether that's true or not. I think factories that were even started five or 10 or 15 years ago now end up being brownfield and technology is changing, you know, pretty rapidly. So they, um, you know, they're, they're probably having to think through how they change their factories as well. So it's, uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting on a global basis as we see how technologies get implemented in different regions at different paces. You know, I think different subsectors of manufacturing may have, uh, you know, higher levels of, of adoption than others. Um, and that, you know, as those kinds of results are also flushed out, 
you know, in our study that we'll be releasing in September. Very cool. Paul, I wonder, you kind of touched on it. I, 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 how, how, I guess, you know, so do you have more guidance around how to start thinking about uh, investments in these advanced technologies and how to, how to potentially begin to choose a, a way forward um, beyond the piloting uh, approach? Is there, can, I, can you put more texture to that? Yeah, well, I guess there's a couple things. Uh, first of all, it's it's hard to think of an organization, whether they're a $100 million manufacturer or a $50 billion manufacturer, trying to do everything themselves. I think that you've we, we as a kind of a manufacturing economy have to begin to think more extensively about uh, partnerships and an ecosystem and collaboration and how... Uh, Sharing uh, may help us as a overall economy get to kind of an endpoint faster. So I think that's one thing um, that we've seen in a couple different studies is that the ecosystem is quite important. Uh, I was presenting to a group of uh, Canadian manufacturing CEOs um, a few weeks ago in Toronto, and one of the things that you know we talked about at a you know at a dinner meeting was the importance of the ecosystem, you know, particularly, you know, whether it's Canada or the U.S. or Mexico, you know, where it might be smaller to mid-sized companies, you know, without the wherewithal of the $50 billion company, you know, they've got to think about how they do things in collaboration with others. You know, it's not, um, it's not kind of being the inventor of everything. It's, you know, being someone who can, you know, rapidly copy and learn from others and apply things into their you know, in their four walls, but also look to others who might be experts in something to do that for you versus to try to do it yourself. I think the other thing with getting started is just kind of a plain, you know, basic operational uh, process improvement view that might start with a, you know, in a single factory organization, I'll walk around the factory, you know, to look at things that uh, might be opportunities for improvement based upon implementation of different kinds of connected technologies. Or if it's a multi-factory organization where factories are supplying each other, you know, with components and there's ultimately an end assembly organization, it's thinking through that value chain uh, at a at a an enterprise level and then doing those those factory walks, if you will, and helping, you know, identify processes that might be applicable for improvement and then building business cases around those and and, and getting moving. Uh, you know, it's so the, you know, the, the approach is going to be different based upon your organization. But again, I think what we're seeing is everybody is focused on piloting. Um, those leading organizations are kind of way beyond piloting. They've piloted, they've come up with solutions. They're beginning to roll them out in their organizations. It's that big chunk in the middle that is really, you know, kind of still putting their toe in the water and piloting in various different areas. I think it's interesting too. Um, is something you mentioned a few moments ago about how, you know, there are a number of organizations that have factories that are five to ten years old, and now those are brownfield operations where they're actually, you know, probably some of the things they've learned from from the pilots and the different implementations that they've done, and they're beginning to even swap out equipment and change processes there. So I, I do think it's pretty interesting how, you know, the technology is is changing so quickly and the connectedness of those different technologies and, and applications is enabling people to iterate and improve on those processes. And, and I'm just wondering, what, what do you think are 
we're going to see are the most critical factors for success as, as uh, these organizations move forward? Well, I mean, I, I again, like many major change initiatives, uh, critical sac- success factors include, you know, support from the top, uh, having an enlightened group of leaders in an organization, hopefully like the ones that we will see coming to the Manufactured Summit uh, in Chicago in September, having those leaders, you know, continue to support the change initiatives in the organization and seeing the benefit of the migration to those industry, you know, kind of 4.0 type capabilities inside their organizations and inside their value chain. So I think kind of, you know, the tone at the top is is super important. I mean, the second thing is just at the execution level, when pilots are put in place, you know, pilots have to drive some level of uh, success or failure, and the organization has to learn from that success or failure and rapidly adopt those successes and learn from those failures to help the, uh, you know, kind of the, the changes move forward. Um, you know, so it's, it's, I mean, that may not be as crunchy as you might like to get in a, you know, in an answer, but it really is as, as simple as that. When we kind of see big programs being executed, it's kind of tone at the top. And how do you rapidly learn from the things that you're doing on the ground day to day? Look, we see that on the just on the pure marketing and sales side, um, uh, the exact same uh, success factors. Frankly, um, uh, tone at the top is critical, and, and an understanding that the pilots aren't necessarily about always hitting a grand slam out of the park each time. It's about the pilots about dri- drives learning, and provided you can learn fast from that and iterate to the next. Um, well, and give enough runway and get, yeah. for, for it to succeed, succeed or fail as well. Exactly. I, th- I think that uh, it was just interesting to me how I think sometimes our marketing and sales folks seem, can seem a little isolated from the rest of the enterprise and uh, they're living in the exact same world, frankly. You could almost say that about any of the functional disciplines in an organization. Sometimes it seems like finance is in a silo or HR is in a silo or engineering is in a silo. Uh, but really, like sales and marketing or manufacturing, <clears throat> everybody's got their you know, kind of marching orders from a change standpoint, and they've got to rapidly adopt you know, new technologies to improve processes, to reduce costs, to free up labor, to support other areas of growth, and the things that we talked a little bit about earlier. Paul, I really uh, I appreciate you um, uh, bringing your insight and an overview to uh, to this topic to our listeners today. I think it's been um, been very helpful to help uh, our, our listeners place their efforts into a broader organizational context, and uh, really look forward to um, seeing uh, the the report that's uh, that's coming out in September um, at the at the summit and uh, and and learning more about. Uh, about what you've uh, what you've found in your in your work with the manufacturers and their adoption of technology and smart factory uh, uh, adoption. So, I uh, really look forward to that in September. And thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Really glad to be here. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com/slash/thecoolerring. That's K-U-L-A partners dot com slash the cooler ring.